Hi, and welcome to the Irana Hills Church of Christ podcast. We hope this message from Pastor AJ Hines brings you closer to knowing God, finding freedom in Him, and understanding what He has in store for you and your community. To learn more about Irana Hills Church of Christ, head to aranahills.church. We hope you enjoy this message. Good to be with you. Um, for those who don't know, my name is AJ. I'm just part of the team. And... Uh, few few things here and there and love coffee and love people and um, such a privilege to be able to share something that um, often I pray about sermons and we do it long before and God works on you and works on you. I must say this morning um, I was busy with my notes and uh, everyone was sleeping in the house and I had these moments where I was trusting God to just keep on working on something I'm wrestling with and I'd fall asleep. (laughs) And then wake up and then keep on typing and fall asleep. And <laughs> God just deposited something fresh. And I um, just really like that. And, uh, we, you know, he's, God's in preparation. But he's also in the moment. And we trust this morning that the Lord would speak to us. May you remember nothing um, that I say um, but, or, you know, or any of the extremely funny jokes that I tell. But may you remember what the Lord says to you. May that be the thing that you remember and the rest just fall away. Um, We've been busy praying for this church in terms of what the Lord says specifically about this year. And the new wine and new wineskin thought has been been spoken of, been preached on. And and we're continuing down this thread, just asking the Lord, um, what is this wine? And into what do you want to pour it? And it's obviously something new. It's a new wine and it's a new vessel. Um, And so much can be said of these stories in Scripture. You read it, one here, and it speaks to you a certain way. The next season, you might have had kids or got married or changed jobs, and you read it again, and the Lord just speaks something totally different to you. And you thought, was I broken back then? (laughs) But no, God speaks to us very specifically. And so for me... Uh, looking at that story that the new wine and new wineskin has changed over the years, much of my focus in the past was on, uh, I thought that I was the wineskin always and that I just needed to, you know, fix myself so that I can hold that which God has prepared. But the reality is that God provides both, both the new wine and the new wineskin, both who you are as a person and what he wants to pour into you. It's all a gift. Nothing really is for you to brag about except the glory of God and what he does. But as I was navigating that story, just the one thing that popped out in my head was the fact that when they would pour the new wine into the old wine skins, which they say you shouldn't do, the wine would ferment, it would, um, it would become stronger. And that would set out pressure on this wineskin. And that's the reason that you wouldn't do it is because that wineskin would then break. So you would pick a new one so that it can handle the pressure of this thing that's growing inside of it, <laughs> uh, the, the alcohol that's expanding on the inside. And as that process happens, um, it can handle the pressure. Uh, isn't it strange how we, um, we look at miracles sometimes, and um, one of the greatest miracles around us, we don't always say it's one, is childbirth, because there's this there's this human being growing inside this other human being, <laughs> and somehow they get to expand, you know, to this new picture of what they looked like before, and they can handle that pressure, but it's insane. The, the hips, 
You know, it starts with the skin and then it doesn't feel good. And then that's what I hear. And then the hips. And then the... <laughs> I mean, I expand myself, but not that quickly. You know what I mean? It's, I've been working on this for 37 years. So, and then the hips pop out and all this stuff happens. And um, it's insane. In the middle of the night. Ah, my hip. <laughs> uh, I was witness to that three times. So there's a, there's a birthing. There's something that expands, and we really do need to cr- trust God for that. But then I thought this week about miracles specifically. You know, we, we love miracles. Who loves a miracle? Who loves a good old miracle? And if uh, I can ask you this, maybe put up your hand if you've seen a miracle. Seen a miracle. Now, those who didn't put up your hand, you're lying. <laughs> Because you have. You just might not have recognized that they were miracles because we put so much emphasis on massive big miracles, the big spectacular miracles. Those are the ones that really get on the news, but it's not the little ones. It's not the birth of a child because everyone's born, or it's not the survival of losing a child, or it's not, hey, or it's not the small little things that we witness every day. We don't attribute them to God. We just say, oh, well, that's just part of life. It's not. It's a miracle. So what's your favorite miracle? Well, Jesus had a few that he performed, and so you can pick from them. I know about me. I know that probably my favorite miracle is the water to wine miracle, where Jesus turned water to wine. I know of people that quote this miracle that don't even believe in Jesus. (laughs) It's a popular miracle. It does the rounds. It's a miracle you can use when you, you know, you're having a, a beer. It's not even wine. You're having a beer at a pub somewhere, and one of your church friends looks by. You just say, water to wine, mate. It's claiming that miracle there, water to wine, isn't it? Have you used it casually, or are you just all, like, great? Okay, no, you don't. Maybe it's just out there. It's a powerful story, and we're just going to linger a little bit there and see the capacity that this story has to change your life. Let's read through it together this morning. In John 2, verse 1 to 11, which is where it appears from all the Gospels, this is him sharing this. On the third day, a wedding took place. It was a Tuesday. I got married on a Tuesday, by the way. That's strange. Day before Valentine's Day, 13th of February. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. He took his mother to the wedding, so that has to be family. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, <laughs> brave man, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Important. Each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. They're big. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. Miracle. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. (laughs) Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, the bridegroom, everyone brings out 
the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. You trick them. But you have saved the best till now. What did Jesus What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Important. Few things from the story that I have so many questions about. (laughs) Um, Those servants must have had a very strange day. They were just servants. Whether they were slaves or servants, I don't know if it was the same thing. I have to study a bit more in that space. But they had a strange day. They They were doing the work. And they saw the miracle manifest, obviously. Maybe they had a bit of a giggle on their way to the container saying, <laughs> they're going to drink from that <laughs> container in which people wash themselves ceremonially to cleanse themselves. Is that what we're going to use? They put water in, then they took it to the... Maybe they knew exactly who Jesus was. Maybe some of them didn't. Then they saw that happen. And what happened to them, these servants? Did some of them then follow Jesus from that moment? I think so. I would have. Man, this guy's turning water into wine. We're going to, we just believe, we just, we don't care what he teaches. We're just following that brother. <laughs> it's a big deal. My favorite miracle. The, it was a strange environment. And then everyone who benefited from this little moment that weren't even involved, the, 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 the brother who's facilitating the wedding gets to taste this, he doesn't even know. It's probably the most expensive wine you can ever have, you know, made by God, literally. And then he calls the bridegroom over. Because we all know a wedding's not about the bridegroom, right? It's about the bride. Maybe not then, though. And so he comes across, and then he honors him. He says, you're amazing. Like, look at what you're blessing us with. Like, you're, you're a standout. He benefits from that. Never mind everyone that drank from the wine who benefited from it. The servants, I don't think, had a taste, did they? We don't know. So such a powerful story. The first thing that comes to mind is because I've been so conditioned into a wine and wineskin is the vessels in the story. The vessels. The wineskin is a vessel. It's something not of itself, but of what it contains. Mary is a vessel, isn't it? Mary gave birth, literally, to a miracle. So she was sitting there. She has not seen Jesus perform a miracle that we know of in all the accounts that we read. This is the first time she's seen the baptism, but obviously the conception. She <laughs> but this is 30 plus years. This is later in the game. She's been waiting for a long time, and I think when this opportunity presented itself, she said, okay, I mean, (laughs) they don't have any wine. She saw something. She said something. They did something, and God did what God does. The biggest story for me here is also interesting is that there is this uh, subtle communication that I pick up though, where they look at these six stone water jars, which is a vessel, uh, used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Why would Jesus pick those jars? Were there any other jars around? Maybe not. Maybe it was because they were so big. He certainly knew what they were used for because of the world that he grew up in. And maybe it was a bit of a stab to the religious system of the day that we would use those jars to make wine. Don't tell me they weren't there. They were there, the the religious folks. And so that 
is significant because what might have been used to separate the clean from the unclean as a vessel to try and wash ourselves clean um, now is being used for sharing for the whole wedding party, excluding the poor servants. We don't know. Maybe they had a taste afterwards. The servants were vessels because they acted maybe just on a command, but they moved from there. And then at the end, we hear about the disciples. As they observed, they saw, they witnessed the miracle. Because it then says that, and then they believed. Amazing. And then they believed. The story doesn't stop there. Because Jesus continues on his journey. My second favorite miracle, which I must say is a spectacular miracle. Some say the most spectacular miracle is where they come to the 5,000 men, meaning there were many more there, and they fed them. If you quickly scan that story, you will see some of the same elements in this story that we read in the previous story. They saw something. They didn't want to do anything about it. (laughs) And so Jesus commanded them to. And they themselves, instead of just being witnesses to the miracle, they partook in breaking the bread and taking part in the miracle. There was a progression for them. They took part. They, afterwards, they didn't even have faith for other things. So how, how thick-skinned or thick-headed are we when we experience very things right in front of our eyes, like a childbirth or God saving our lives, and yet we move on to the next one and we doubt and we don't ask again. But still God gives glory, and still people are blessed that aren't even aware of what's happening. Because the food that is left over from this moment, in this middle miracle, it continues to feed people on the other side. (laughs) That might not even have known the story of the wine in the beginning, or the mother, or Mary, or... There's a collateral blessing that flows from the original blessing when God created everything. It just continues. It doesn't stop. You see, you can't stop it. Not your ignorance, not you getting involved, not you trying to shape it can stop what God is doing. Because Jesus replied there right in front of the people. The people don't need to go away. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. And they answered, bring them here to me. And he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And we know that that might have been a very interesting experience for them. Not too dissimilar from the servants filling the jars. So how would you respond to these stories? I believe we all have the capacity to give birth to a miracle. It's not that the miracle is from us. But God's plan is not that we would just be subject to his beauty and his love, uh, that we would just you know, receive it, that it would be done for us or to us, but that he would be able to move through us. Isn't it? Isn't that the best thing is that because it's not uh, something that separates, it's something that shares. It's also not a religion. It's a relationship. That this whole deal is not about us just uh, being good people and washing ourselves clean, but that we receive from God that which we did not create for ourselves. And then we get to partake in spreading that around. That is a phenomenal gift. 
So you have something to birth in your world today. You have an opportunity to see something today. And this is our response, that we would see. Do you have needs? Do you know people who have needs? Are there problems around your world, in your neighborhood, in your street, in your marriage, in the relationship with your children, in the way you see yourself? Do you see it? Awareness, when you get there, you're doing well. If you can't see it, you need help. But if you can see it, that's massive. Do you realize that when you see it, you've already, the miracle has happened? That you had the capacity to identify the problem? I'm asking you, in your life now, do you see it? You see, is this miracle territory? Or are, we, are we following a faith that simply just covers the basics, that just, you know, make us feel better about ourselves? Certainly we feel better about ourselves. I feel better just being here this morning, just listening to what's here and what's happening. And it's incredible. <laughs> it, those things are miracles, I promise you. <laughs> In the midst of what's happened, those things are miracles. Just, you know, the whole global, like, What's happening here and what will continue to happen is all because of God. It's not because of us. The vision is not a, a direct deposit into an individual or into a group. It's, it sits in the very DNA of what God has planted here in this place. And our job is to cultivate, to bring out, to serve, to garden, to clean the toilets. How great is that? What a blessing, Lord, that we get to serve in this world irrespective of our titles, we have the opportunity to partake and not just witness. Do you see it? After you've seen it, you need to say it. There's a difference between identifying something and verbalizing it. I believe our faith journey is one where God looks at us and he says, Will you just say it? <laughs> like you feel it, you observe it, you've seen it. Could you just say it? Could you just come to me and say, Lord, I give up. I surrender. I can't fix it. I need your help. <laughs> you just, can, you, can, you just, can you just come to the end of yourself? I'm here. I want to help you. It won't just happen. So the beauty is God looks at us and he says, you know, I've given you every spiritual blessing in the world, church, and, and, but there are problems. What are you going to do about it? Together, not alone, not as ourselves. We're not a savior complex. Jesus is a savior. Together, how are we going to do it collectively? The gifts that sit in this room. Don't tell me that we cannot solve the problem down the street when someone's struggling. Don't tell me that we can't do that. When two girls don't have a home to stay in and they'll be separated from that home and they'll be moved to separate homes and they're nine and ten years old. Don't tell me that we don't have the resources in this place, come on, to make a difference to that house. And we're not even being spiritual now. We're just looking at what we have. 
can we just say it? So what you saw, can you say it? Can you say it? We don't have wine. I think when she said that, Jesus looked at her, you know, nonverbal communication, before he said woman. <laughs> Do you think I brought my tools to the wedding? Because I'm a carpenter. Do you think I, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't have access to a freaking, um, you know, supply of wine from somewhere in Italy. Like, I don't, we're not just pressing, hey, I'll pick up my phone. Don't worry, I'll do it. I'll sort it out. Transfer, bang, bang. How long will it take? Like, delivery? Maybe she, oh, she knew it was a miracle. So she said it. <laughs> and you know what happens after that? Of course, God invites us to do something what, with what we have. Move. Go into action. Don't just see it. Don't just say it. Actually pick up what's in your hand. You know what? Like your garden is not going to do itself. I'm sorry. Like that would, that would be a miracle. Like it's just not going to happen. Okay. And the pets aren't going to look after themselves. And when you walk in on a Friday night after a week that you would rather forget, and your daughter, who is a sensitive soul, who loves things deeply, when Squishy Paws, her guinea pig, dies on the Friday night. Like, okay, it's funny, but it's also not. I mean, I laughed a little bit because I was like, Lord, really? I now, I've come here to relax to get my feet massaged, to someone to give me something to drink with bubbles in. Like, I am not going to do any work now, and now I have to facilitate the funeral of my daughter's pet. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely I had to facilitate the funeral of Squishy Paws. It has, was the calling on my life for Friday night. Listen to me. This is funny, but I was breaking inside because I did not have the capacity to pray over that guinea pig on Friday night. It was spirit-filled. She took a video. My little boy laid his hands on that box. Without crying a tear. I thought he knew what was happening. I thought, this is divine. This guy's the most composed person in the room, and he's not even three. Can you, can you just start speaking so I wouldn't have to facilitate these things? But the next morning, he walked in. He says, where's the other one? You have to do it. I had to do it. There's no one else. I was going to phone Sam, Sam, brother. <laughs> you know, can you just step in, please? No, it's my family, my wife, my children, the guinea. I know all that. You know, and no context. Can you just come and pray? You had to do it. To dig deep. Because it was important for her. Because she cried that whole night. She's still crying. She had me put the guinea pig photo on her iPad. She's made a video. And I've had to allow her to be sad because it's fine to cry. It's powerful to cry. It's strong to cry. We have to mourn. We have to get through it together. You can be brave. Because one day... She's going to handle something that's likely more significant than this moment. And if she can't build on it, it's my fault. So we have to do. What did they do? Well, they took the jars and they moved it. They moved it. They filled it and they moved it. I would have moved it first and then filled it, but they, I don't know how they did it, but they, that's pretty, anyway. Maybe I could just lift it. They moved it. They filled it. They stood there. They might have thought it was ridiculous, but they did it. What about the bread? Well, they broke the bread. Jesus broke the bread. They broke the bread. They broke it, we know. Alan Platt says, a little piece at a time, and then they were like, ah, ah. 
And they started little and then they ended with Chuck and Brett. <laughs> I didn't think they thought about picking it up afterwards, but anyway. So they did it. They just did it. And then what did they do? They waited. God then did it. Because when we wait, then it gives an opportunity for us to say, Lord, I've, I've seen it, I've said it, I've did it, and now I'm going to what? This is great. We love doing this, by the way. It's one of our favorite things, isn't it? No. We wait. Mary waited for 30 years. Are you willing to wait for the thing you've seen? After you said it and you did it, are you waiting? Because now it's out of your hands. And maybe you won't even see it. Your children will. But are you willing to wait this morning? The team can come up. Mary gave birth to a miracle that ended up changing everything. What a powerful woman. So this morning we have an opportunity to give birth to a miracle, hopefully not on the stage. Do we have any doctors present? There's something in you. From Mary to the servants to the disciples to you and me this morning, are we going to do it? Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can be your vessels. Thank you that you even entrust us with navigating this world and representing you. How do we even feel about calling ourselves Christians? Help us to be real with ourselves in this moment as to what we see that is right in front of us that requires the hand of God to be on this thing. And empower us, Lord, to not be too scared to look I know there are people here that are just, you know it's there. You just don't want to look. You cover it up. You just don't want to look. Give us the courage to look at what is there. And then, Lord, give us the courage to ask. Because we're so thick-headed. Lord, let us get to a place where we come to the end of ourselves, where we can begin, where you turn graves into gardens. Lord, may we just identify and may we have the boldness to say, Lord, I need your help. There's no more wine. The people are hungry. We don't have time for separation. We don't have time for religion when we have relationship, when we have something that is meant to be shared with everyone, even those who don't acknowledge it. Lord, thank you for the banquet leader that's in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for those that are in the street that don't even know. Thank you, Lord, for the people that are benefiting from the good work that is birthed out of this place that flows like a river out of it. Thank you for the rivers that are flowing from the midst of us in our beings, the, the fountain of living water that you've planted inside of us, Lord. We are meant not just to receive, we are meant to birth things out of us that come from you. And Father, I thank you that we can see it, that we can say it. And Lord, then give us the courage, dear Lord, give us the courage to be able to do what is in front of us to do, even when we don't believe it. Not a big difference between the servants and the disciples. You know what to do. You know what to do. And then when you've done it, let it go. Let, just give it to the Lord. Can, maybe we wait. Lord, give us the courage to wait.
we need the courage to sit in the silence of the midst of it all, to be waiting for you, Lord, to do what only you can do. When we've done it, when we've called it, when we've seen it, we surrender it. And Lord, you do what you do. You take it forward. The glory does not belong to us. So maybe some people in this room need to stop now doing what they've been doing and surrender to God. And Lord, we are waiting. And we trust you with the outcome, even when it's something we don't like. Use us as your vessels. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need your Spirit to flow through this place like never before in the people and their lives. Come on, let's worship from this place. Thank you for joining us today. If you were encouraged by the message and would like to hear more sermons like this, make sure you hit subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. To experience other messages, videos, and live services, head to oranahills.church and navigate to the resources tab. Thanks for listening.